back behind our door. Hi, Julie. Hello, Nancy. Today, uh, another behind our door that is looking at the mind-body technique, which we I feel like we've had a lot of interesting guests lately with this, and I'm really looking forward to learning about today, which is neurofeedback therapy. And our guest is Melissa Hergert, who is the CEO of Brain Train Centers and board certified in neurofeedback. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for being here today. Yes. I'm very so, excited to, to talk about this topic. I'm always excited when we're talking about non-invasive therapeutic ways to, to help people. And I feel like neurofeedback is very underlooked. So to start out, maybe you can give a brief introduction about what it is. Sure. Yeah. So neurofeedback has been around since uh, the 1960s. It was created for seizures to begin with. Well, that's what they found that it helped with at first. Um, It's a form of biofeedback. So it falls under the umbrella of biofeedback. So just a real quick explanation. Biofeedback is um, maybe some people are more familiar with that. It's when you put sensors on your heart or for temperature or breathing, and then it gives you a feedback to help you learn how to lower your heart rate, lower your temperature, or raise your temperature if you need to. And it's all a um, response to a form of feedback to help improve your health. Well, neurofeedback is the same exact thing, except directly for the brain activity. So um, they found Back after doing research, unfortunately, they did use cats in some of the first research to find out that it could help with seizures. And it's all using an audio video feedback to help retrain the brain wave activity. Um, It's used more often now than it was before. It's getting more and more popular. And after many years of research, they found that it helps with lots of neurological issues like anxiety, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, um, ADHD, insomnia, the list goes on and on. And of course, there's more and more research being done every day. Yeah. I mean, neurofeedback, I feel like I've heard, and biofeedback, first of all, I always thought it was the opposite of what you just said. So already it's been a learning experience. Good. Um, I thought that, I thought that neurofeedback was the Hit was the umbrella, and that biofeedback fell under it. So it's it's yeah. um it's a clarification to begin with. That's really important. Um, but we've heard of it for so many years. I feel like it. You know, it it's like uh, there are a lot of wonderful mind body the, you know theories and therapies that are coming about. But that is has really been around. Do you feel like it's more respected at this point, or is it has it gotten more technically? savvy and helpful? I think all of the above. Um, Of course, unfortunately, in our world, um, a lot of people go more towards medical or what famous people do. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) even though famous people do this a lot, they're promoting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to mention. I mean, that's been huge even this year on Netflix. Um, Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins is a quarterback for them and he does neurofeedback. And on a Netflix show that just recently came out, he talks all about it. So we have people contacting us saying they saw Kirk Cousins on Netflix doing it. I'm like, 
great. Like I, I love that. any, <laughs> any marketing that is free for me, um, that gets the word out about neurofeedback. Um, but absolutely right. Also neurofeedback technology has improved like crazy. I mean, there's so many different neurofeedback equipment and software. Um, they all do great. Like I have nothing bad to say about any of the other softwares. I use a specific one that's only been around about 15 years, maybe 16 now. Um, so technically it's kind of the newer ones, but sometimes the newer ones are more advanced because they take all the great stuff from the older software and improve it to make it work even better. So that's what ours did. And so when I first started my business 10 years ago, I was 30 when I started my business, we would have to um, get DVDs to play. So the person sits down and they watch a show on the TV and the feedback is a bright screen, dark screen, loud volume, low volume. And it's giving you a positive negative feedback during the whole thing. Well, we would have to put a DVD in and the session's only 30 minutes long. So we would start a movie, have to pause it. And then the next time the client comes in, you put the DVD in and fast forward to where they left off. So now we don't have to use DVDs at all. We could stream Disney, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, Hulu, you know. So even just in the 10 years, the technology of being able to do the feedback part has improved. So it's always improving and evolving. So so when a person decides they want to try this, walk us through the first appointment or what what does this look like? And also I should say even before that, who would look at benefiting from this? What are there, what are some of the, um, at least the mental health conditions that this is most helpful with? Yeah. So that's a great question. So, um, at my office, we work as young as five years old up to the wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so let's talk like the children. A lot of times the families are calling because they either have been diagnosed or they feel like the child has ADHD or autism, um, what's showing up a lot now in children is anxiety, especially since COVID. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's who the parents are calling for, for their children. And, and maybe they've tried other therapies or maybe they're even on medication and they're just not seeing results. And unfortunately, a lot of times they're misdiagnosed. And, and if you think about it in mental health, this is the only industry that does not use objective data. And what I mean by objective data is things like a scan, like a, I'll explain that in a minute. Like think about when you have a heart problem, you go in for an EKG to find out what's going on. You don't take a subjective test and say, oh, well, you might, you might do both. You might say, I'm having chest pain. You know, my heart feels like it's fluttering. Those are all subjective. That's the client or patient telling you how they feel. Objective is when you do a scan or collect data that cannot be um, just someone telling you how they feel. Because as you know, all of us probably do it. Some of us over-exaggerate our symptoms. Some under-exaggerate. Like, mm-hmm. We usually see that like men are like, oh, I'm fine. No problem. And then women are like, well, everything's wrong. Everything am I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard. To, so true. Yeah. It's hard to diagnose subjective information because it's all subjective to each person. So someone might come to a doctor and say, my child can't concentrate, they're bouncing off the walls, or they're disrupting the class and they're getting in trouble. So immediately they're going to get an ADHD diagnosis, when in fact, it might be a sensory processing issue, it might be um, anxiety, it might be 
dyslexia. It might be all these other things, which ADHD meds are not going to be the, the solution. So we need to do more objective data, which that leads into what we do at our office is we can't diagnose if we were psychologists or psychiatrists or MDs, or even some levels of uh, counseling, we would be able to diagnose. We, at our office, we can't just because I'm board certified doesn't mean I could diagnose, but I can do an assessment and the assessment's called a QEEG. What that stands for is quantitative electroencephalogram. So what it is, it's a cap that we put on in the very first appointment. They put this cap on, it looks like a swim cap with little white sensors in it. And all we're doing is recording the brain activity. And then we take that data and we upload it to a software and it's full of a database of thousands and thousands of other normal and abnormal EEGs. And then it prints out this report for us to show us where this person's brain activity is. Is it higher than the norm, lower than the norm? And what we know about neurofeedback and brain waves is certain things should look a certain way to mean that that symptom is showing up. I hope that makes all, all the sense. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. That, no, that absolutely makes a lot of sense. I was going to ask you that to describe like how the appointment goes. So we walk yeah. in and put on the thing that looks like a swim cap. And so we are kind of taking a baseline, right? At exactly. First? Okay. Yeah, it's a baseline QEG. And we do take subjective data. So before they come in, we send an email through our software. They fill out their history, their medical information, you know, metabolic issues, because also... Um, metabolic issues could be things like thyroid or pituitary gland. So we want to check that first. And we might even refer out first. If the score subjectively is very high on that, we might refer out to another doctor first before we even start neurofeedback with them. Cause we want to make sure hormones are balanced and things like that first. So we have a subjective test for that. Then we could send out for objective testing like blood or urine or saliva, things like that. Um, to make sure all the metabolics are good. So yeah, we do the subjective, they come in, we do the objective, which is the baseline recording. And then they come back in a couple of days later and we go over their results with them. So again, we're not diagnosing, but we are saying like, okay, for example, I brought up the kids with ADHD. When a person has true classic ADHD, their brain is actually functioning too slow. The dominant mm-hmm. brain activity is slow brainwave activity. The medication they're given is a stimulant drug. It, it creates the brain to go into a higher processing speed when you take an ADHD drug. It's a methyl drug. It's a speed, pretty much. And I'm not against medication at all. I just wish that medication was given properly. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Especially because yeah. I'm a mom, but, too. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I have a 12 and five-year-old. If I took them to a doctor right now and said, they're not focusing, they would be put on ADHD meds. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not what the, what the issue is. Um, so, so when we get a brain map, it's, it's called a QEG or brain map. And so you might hear me say QEG or brain map. Most likely I'll say brain map because it's easier for people to understand because we're mapping the areas of the brain and how they function. So when I get that, I could look and see like, okay, is the slow wave dominant? Is that what's showing up the most? If so, this might be a symptom of like, I have to be careful. I talk about it because I can't diagnose, but I could see this 
is the sign that there might be an issue with focus issues, you know, related to ADHD. <laughs> so when, when somebody is coming in ADHD or whatever it is, whatever age, or maybe there's a different answer for ages, how many sessions of neurofeedback until they feel results? The first one? No, a few? not usually, not usually, unless they're very sensitive. So according to research between 20 and 40 is a good starting point for neurofeedback. And that sounds like a lot. And people get a little scared of that. But think about um, a few things. This is what I tell my clients. And 20 to 40 sometimes is really just a starting point. You're not going to do neurofeedback forever. On average, most of our clients are with us for about six months. So think about in this the realm of mental health and how long some of these people have been suffering with the mental health mm -hmm. issue, whether it's anxiety, insomnia. Sometimes it's 25 years that they can't sleep and they're having depression, anxiety, alcohol issues. And then they come to us for six, maybe nine months if it's really extreme. If they're older, if they're on meds, all that's going to take be taken into consideration. It's going to take a little bit longer. But that's nothing compared to 25 years of suffering. And I'm not saying we have a 100% success rate. I'm very real about it. I can't um, absolutely guarantee success of that 100%. But I will say, according to research, 85% success rate, which is higher than medication. Well, I was going to say that. And you may be able to then be off medication. So yeah. I think there's a lot of upside to trying it. I mean, yeah. every non-invasive therapy, whatever you're doing, I don't think any one of them are 100% successful that I'm aware of. So yeah, yeah. I'm always I, of, of the attitude of try try anything. Exactly. Yeah. Especially because it's not going to hurt you, right? No. Yeah. So, are there any are there any side effects? Well, and I don't like to say there's no side effects. Uh, there, there can be side effects. Number one, there could be side effects if you go to a provider that doesn't know what they're doing. So that's the first thing. So you do want to check to make sure how long they've been in business. Are they board certified? That's good also, advice. Yeah. And also, do they start with that baseline brain map, QEEG? I'm not saying if they don't, that it won't work, but but there are companies out there that just do kind of like a blanket neurofeedback. Like it just hits every area. But why, why not get customized? When you get a brain map done, it's going to customize specific neurofeedback protocols for your brain activity. So we're not guessing. It's kind of like, I'm going to say this because I've worked with many chiropractors and that's what I used to want to be. And I love chiropractic, but it's like going to a chiropractor that doesn't do x-rays. I feel like that's important oh, wow. to do x-rays. So they know they could see there's been issues like where chiropractors don't do an x-ray and then they might hurt someone worse because they, you know, it's almost an ego thing, but we won't get into that. But that's kind of like our x-ray, like doing that initial assessment is like showing us exactly what's going on in the brain. So we could customize and go straight to the core issue instead of just saying, oh, let's do this blanket neurofeedback with because our software is the best. It's not about that. It's about what the client needs. And when you find what the client needs by doing the initial baseline, that's most important. So that's number one, make sure they know what they're doing. Number two, see if they do a QEG baseline, because that gives you all the information about your brain. And also that's what the neurofeedback science is based on is QEEG based neurofeedback. So there's that. And then um, the other side effects that could happen, people do get tired. 
it's an exercise for the brain. So it is working the brain activity. People will get tired sometimes at one level and not with everyone around like 12 to 18 visits. Sometimes people have dips and it's almost like the brain's fighting the change because it's been working this certain way for so long. So you start doing neurofeedback and they start to feel better, almost like a detox. Like you start to feel better and then you feel kind of yucky and then you feel better and it like finally normalizes that can happen with neurofeedback. And so a lot of people during that time get freaked out. They're like, oh my God, I feel worse. Or I feel like just as bad as I did when I started. And it's the brain like trying to process all this change and challenge the change, I guess is the best way to say that. So people think it's a negative thing, but it's actually a very normal thing. It actually sounds like that says it's working. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The brain is responding. And again, it doesn't happen with everyone. It doesn't happen with kids that much. It happens more with the adults, especially if they're on medication as well. So that's another thing. Like if they're on medication, as your brain starts to improve, the chemicals changed using neurofeedback, the processing changes. So then the medication might be too high of a dose. And then you'll have side effects from the medication, but people will blame it on neurofeedback, which technically it's the neurofeedback helping the brain. So we always inform all of our clients. We have a form that they sign that says all of this because we want them to be super educated and informed that if these types of things do pop up while you're doing neurofeedback, It's not a negative thing for neurofeedback. It's go back to your prescribing doctor, ask them to lower the dose properly, safely. Yeah, Yeah, which I was going to ask. um, And that's great that that's the the way that you're you're operating there with all of this, that it's important for somebody to be in touch with their psychiatrist or prescribing doctor Mm -hmm. in association with this to let them know they're doing this. I mean, to coordinate and work together. Do you, do you have a lot of um, support from psychiatry on this? Do they? It's growing. It's growing. Um, You guys have heard of Dr. Amen, Daniel Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so he's a psychiatrist and he does, he does something called a spec scan, which is thousands and thousands of dollars, but his career started with what I do, neurofeedback, QEGs Mm -hmm. in the army, actually. Oh, Um, that's interesting. Yep. He's a psychiatrist and he recommends um, medication and all the natural nutrition, you know, doing the scans, neurofeedback, all the good stuff. Usually medications is last. And I think a lot more medical doctors and psychiatrists are recognizing like, okay, especially as the science keeps improving, the research keeps coming out, peer reviewed, all of that. So it is, um, it's not like I have tons of psychiatrists, but I have a couple Specifically here, I'm in Georgia. I have a few that I've created relationships with that I refer to them. They refer to me as yeah, well as nice. um, neurologists. I've had a couple of neurologists refer to me out of Emory University, which is huge. Um, so it's wow. definitely growing. And I think that's partly obviously because it's getting out in the world, but it's also the responsibility of the provider. Like I take a lot of pride in educating others and explaining how we run our business. And I think that grows the respect in the, in the medical field for people like me that have, um, the fight uphill with that. Absolutely. I read that you were coaching professionals on this, which another aspect of what you do, it's really important work. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. So do you then can, or will you work in conjunction with a prescribing doctor? Yes. Because when my son was younger, I used to do email blasts. Yes. 
I, I always tell parents, like, be the CEO of your child's care if you need it, or your loved one. It doesn't have to be a child, but I would do email blasts. So if I was seeing changes in behavior or at school, there were changes. I wanted everybody to know what was going on. So Mm -hmm. you're open to doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, one of our questions on the intake form is what other doctors are you seeing? One reason is we want to know that, but the other reason is that if we are caring for this client, um, we ask the client if it's okay that we introduce ourselves to the other provider. Oh, so if they have any question, yeah. Because a lot of them actually don't know about neurofeedback or right. maybe they've heard of it and they don't really know what it is. So they just automatically in their mind, you know, cast it away. They don't care mm-hmm. to know. But if we reach out and do that, that legwork, then it helps create that respect. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So yeah. how much, talking about cost, insurance mm-hmm. coverage or not coverage, Yeah. Uh, what's the general amount? You said it's 30 minutes, each one of these sessions, just mm-hmm. about? Yep. Yep. What's the, mm-hmm. what's the general cost a person would look at? And, and is it covered at times or not by insurance? Okay. So at times it is covered by insurance. It depends on the provider. If they are a licensed counselor, medical doctor, psychologist that are doing some sort of counseling with the neurofeedback, they do have codes that can be billed. Um, that's to say, though, it depends on the insurance of the, mm-hmm. the client or the patient, if that insurance will actually cover neurofeedback. Um, our office, Brain Train Centers, cannot bill insurance. The reason is we're not licensed counselors. We're not doctors. So we don't personally bill insurance. Now we have many forms of payment. Like we have medical credit cards people could apply for. We can take payment plans. We we're, I will tell you this one thing about our brain train centers. We'll get into how many offices, but all the offices are women owned. And let's see, almost all wow. of them are moms. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I love that. We yeah. work with people. Like I think only, let me think, only I think only one's not a mom. Yeah. Oh, no, that's wow. Good. That's great. Good for yeah. you guys. Yeah. yeah. That's and, really cool. And where are your locations all over Georgia or all over the country? All over the country there. And I'll tell, let me tell you that answer. And then I'll tell you all about the locations. Cause it's very exciting. Um, so insurance sometimes depending where you go, not with brain train centers. Um, let's see the cost it, out of pocket is between a hundred to some offices, all of ours are the same price. It doesn't matter if you're in California or Georgia, it's going to be the same price. That's something that is important to us. Our cost is probably average or below average cost. So it's between 100 to 125, depending on how you pay per session. And people get scared. They're like, wait, 30 sessions, that's like over $3,000. Again, I remind people, do you know how much money and time you spend on going to doctor's offices, trying medications, how much time you spend years and years of counseling, which you still should do counseling. I don't ever tell people not to, but think of all the investment and time and money you've put into trying different things. It does get expensive. How about like supplements? When you say that, I think, you know, when I wasn't feeling well, I'm like, okay, I'll take this supplement and that supplement. And you see a commercial, I'm like, I'll yeah. pay anything to feel better. So right, and the time you take at your child at school, or you off of work, and you're missing money and time, and so people like don't add all that up because people get sticker shock at first. Yeah. Like if they see, oh my gosh, a package of thirty, I have to pay three thousand, and then we go over all the different ways. Like 
if you apply for the medical credit card, which is similar to care credit, but it's not care credit, it's actually a better one, you could get approved and take 18 months to pay it off, which would be less than a hundred dollars a month, probably, right. you know, so there's so many different options. Um, so yeah, that's about the average, um, the QEEG, the initial assessment average cost is about 500 and that includes two visits, the initial and the second. A lot of times our offices are running specials. Like we run teacher appreciation week and do oh, nice 50% off or, Um, nurses and doctors week and 50% off. So we're always running specials because we would rather get people in to understand how their brain's working. Even if they don't do neurofeedback with us, we want people to know how their brain is working and understand that. So we run specials all the time. (laughs) Thank you for that. Good. It's so good for our listeners to know. My other question is, as you're going through this, you say you sell a package of 30. So do they come in once a week, twice a week, or it depends on the person? Good question. No, um, on average, science shows that the best results are a minimum of twice a week. You could actually do neurofeedback every day, though. So some people want accelerated and they're like, I'm coming in four or five times a week. Here's the other thing. We also have home units that we rent out. So if it is someone that lives far away or they have multiple people in the family that want to do neurofeedback, they could rent a home unit from us. It actually costs less because it costs us less because we don't have to have someone staffed in the office and they could take a home unit to their home. We teach them how to set up and they could do neurofeedback every day. So wow. they can double the training with our office. I'm going to order yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. And they just rent it. It's a, you know, it's a laptop. It has the sensors, it has everything. We have a video and written explanations, how to use it. And we um, check in every week with the client to make sure like we see on our side, how the sessions look, how it's going. And then we keep in contact, obviously. So they're still being taken care of. It's just, we're not putting the sensors on the head. They are. I imagine that was really used a lot during the pandemic. It was my, for people that really, yeah, my business grew that during the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Especially mental health was mental health was, you know, rose to the top many conversations. So people were probably looking at all of these, but to be able to do this sort of uh, neurofeedback therapy at home with this Mm -hmm. machine is great. It's great. It's great. It's great for everyone. And I have families of like three and four using it sometimes. So you could, and and they don't have to drive anywhere. You know how busy it gets with kids and driving. And, and even I've even had just single adults use it because they're um, busy schedule with work and they travel a lot and they could take it with them. So yeah, it's really amazing to be able to offer all of that. So um, let's see, you asked about the location. So I started my business 10 years ago and I started to grow on my own. I started opening more locations in Georgia. And then like I had an office in Delaware because I had a psychologist up there that wanted it, but she didn't want to invest in the equipment. So I would fly up every other month and then I would rent out home units. Um, and I was like, this is getting exhausting. I have a 12 year old and a five year old. Um <laughs> We, I'm divorced, but we have shared custody seven days, seven days. So I'd like have them seven days and then I travel and then come back and have them. And I'm like, I love neurofeedback and I have to spread it everywhere. How do I do this? So for 10 years, I've been growing my name, my business on social media, um, locally. And so last December I said, you know what? I think I want to license my business similar to a franchise, but it's not a franchise. So I'm like, Licensing my business means you buy in, you pretty much are buying my business model and the equipment, 
and I provide you with everything, but you're the owner of your location. You find your office space and you, you pay your rent and you set up your LLC, but it's going to be called brain train centers, whatever location, and you'll have everything you need. You're on the website. You have your, you know, CRM, your phone number. I set ever everything up for you. Um, so I decided to announce it last December. It hasn't even been a year yet. And in December, I had 13 people reach out to me. Like, wow. wow. I was like, are you serious? From all over the place? From from everywhere. Wow. And these are people that knew me already, right? Because I didn't market it like in an ad or anything. They're people mm-hmm. that knew me, have watched my journey. Some of people have known me since I was 15 years old. And they're like, I see what you're doing. I want to be part of it. I was like, you do? Like, I second <laughs> guess to myself, you know, we, we as everyone has like worth, you know, we guess like, you want to be part of something I do? <laughs> like, so they are 13 people. Out of those 13, six right away were like, we're we're doing this, we're doing it. So every month since December, we've opened at least one new location everywhere. And these are again are all oh, it's amazing. Yep. So our very first one we opened was in, I think it's the way you guys found me, is through North Shore Hawaii Brain Train Center. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We went viral. So that's one of my best friends, and she's a mom of three. Um, she lost her mom a few years ago to cancer. So a lot of mental um, traumas have happened in her life uh, and with her children. And she has kids that are, you know, having trouble in school and, you know, things like that. And she was, she lives, she's born and raised on North Shore, Hawaii. So she was doing surf instructions and, you know, being a mom. And she's like, I don't want to be out in the ocean all the time. I'm getting dark, wrinkly skin. Like I love surfing. But- <laughs> I want to do something even more purposeful and I want to open a brain train. I'm like, let's do it. So she was the very first that one that opened. And um, it's so funny because each of our partners, it has such a great skill. And some is like the skill of marketing. Some's the skill of sales. And it's like so amazing that we're like a team now because it used to be just so cool. Yeah. And so hers is, um, she's gotten really good at Instagram and reels. And so she shared a Dr. Amen reel, which wasn't our reel, but we're allowed to reshare it. So we reshared it and it went viral on our page. So some people thought it was like us, like that Dr. Amen was us. And we had to clarify that, like, this is someone, this is Dr. Amen's reel, but he, you know, supports neurofeedback. That's what we do. So her um, office went viral on, it took like, a week and it went from like 50 followers to over 30,000. Wow. That is yeah. so great. So and now being able to use that to share reels that I do or that she does or that, you know, another provider does in another office. And so um, that's been pretty awesome. So we're from Hawaii, San Diego, Texas. We have the third one opening in Texas. We have Oklahoma City, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina, Florida, and here and Minnesota. And I just signed up a lady in uh, Louisiana that has a tutor center and she wants to add neuro. Oh, for kids, you're saying kids like a tutor. Wow. What a mm-hmm. smart idea. See? Yeah. So, yes, really. It's an interesting combination. Yeah. Well, I feel like the moms are on the forefront of not, not, I mean, listen, there are great dads out there and I don't mean to oh, yeah. be a little there, but you know, moms are very in tune with that stuff. So to me, it makes logical sense that moms want to just jump right in and mm-hmm. and help their own kids and other kids. And obviously, that's why we're all here, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know what? Before before this whole conversation, 
I never really thought of neurofeedback for kids. I always thought it was more of an adult thing. So oh. what an eye opener. That's really, um, yeah. it's really something. And it sounds a- like it's a great way to start for kids to at least try it. Yeah. And um, responders. the and- earlier, the better. Yeah, they're they're fast responders. I mean, I have such amazing stories. I have children. I had this Russian um, little girl, uh, five, just turning five, and she was adopted. And so the family here, you know, said she was um, neglected, serious trauma, did not speak a word, couldn't feed herself, like like a baby, you know, from the trauma. And they took a home unit, and after about three weeks of training, she started using a spoon. That wow. was like huge for her. And then a little bit more, she started saying one and two words, like crazy, uh, amazing how quickly the little child brains respond. To yeah. Them. And what is, the, what is the machine tapping into exactly? So the machine technically isn't doing anything besides giving feedback. So a lot of people, okay. are, is it electric signal? Like, is it right. shocking? Is it magnets? Nothing like that. Okay, so the best way to describe it, um, once we do the QEG, you don't wear the cap again. The cap is only for the QEG. Once we get the report, it gives us a protocol of an at, of two different areas of the brain that we need to start training first. That's how our reports work. So it's kind of like doing an assessment at a gym and they're like, okay, we need to strengthen your core and low back. I know you're, you want to lose weight, but let's strengthen, right? right. So it's this does the same thing with our brain map. It's like, let's find the two areas that are the core issue. Let's strengthen those areas. So what it does is they come in and we put little sensors. Let's say it's the frontal lobe and the person can't focus no matter what age. A lot of times in the frontal lobe, that's your decision-making, your impulse control. So it could be anything from attention to impulse to do drugs or alcohol or food addictions, any of things like that. So if we work that frontal lobe, a lot of times if we Let's say it shows up working too slow and the right side's working too fast. We don't want that. We want the right side of the brain to be calm, the left side of the brain to be faster because the left side is our logical side. We process a lot of um, cognitive information over there. The right side is a lot of the emotional and we want the emotional side of our brain to be calmer because if it's too fast, we're going to have anxiety, impulse control, fear, panic, all those issues. So If we see that, and that's the protocol that the software recommends, we put the sensors on and what they're doing is just picking up the brain activity. And then it's telling our software where that brain activity is, what threshold it's in. And then on the screen in front of the client, that's responding to the threshold of where the brain activity is in. So if the brain is working outside of the threshold or below the threshold, the screen in front of them is going to be dark. We want it like in this perfect brainwave pattern to get a positive reinforcement. So every time the brain does work in that pattern, the screen will go bright. I have a video on the website that kind of shows someone doing it because it's a lot easier to understand when yeah, you see you it. it Visualize yeah. it. Yeah. It's very hard to explain and like kind of understand by me saying these words, but really all it's okay. Here's how I describe it. Sometimes we wear um, Apple watches or Fitbit watches. And when our heart rate goes up, the watch tells us heart rate's too high. And that's telling you do something about it. Calm down, take some deep breaths. That's going to lower your heart rate. The brain um, neurofeedback stuff is doing the same thing, except the, the feedback, the, um, 
the message to you is bright screen or dark screen versus like actual words that say, hey, lower your heart rate. It's actually saying, hey, your brain's either working good because the screen's bright or your brain is out of the threshold and it's dark. So logically, we can't be like, hey, brain, calm down. What it's doing is doing, um, did you guys learn about Pavlov's dogs in psychology? Of course. Yeah. And the dog's mm-hmm. elevated. That's what we're using. We're using operant conditioning. So it's a subconscious change that the brain does on its own to get the screen bright again. Because the more bright it is, the more positive reward we get. And that's what the brain wants. We want to see the bright right. screen. Yeah. So so you're saying that to get to this, this point, it takes like, tw- you said, 30 to 20 to 40 sessions or what have you. Yeah. After somebody goes through this and they're they're getting the benefits as such. Is there a, do you discharge them and say, it was nice meeting you and now you're, we're glad Mm -hmm. you got something out of this. Or is there a check-in six months later or a year later? Do you feel like the tools just work? Right. How does that, what what is, what is that all about? The follow-up, the follow-up. After the initial uh, recommendation of training sessions, we do another brain map. So we actually have before and after, and we even sometimes do middle. So we'll do like one to 20, we'll do a brain map in the middle. And then that might give us a, like, we'll see results. So there's a few things we get subjective um, throughout the neurofeedback. We're tracking their symptoms. Like they might say insomnia is 10, anxiety is 10 to start with. And then throughout the neurofeedback, we ask them, how's it, how is it going like now? And they start coming down. Hopefully that's the goal They we want to hear them say, okay, wow, my anxiety is less. I think it's like at a seven now, and then it's at a three. And then we do the objective data midway. And at the end, we do the new brain map and we could see a percentage of change from first to second and second to third. And then it'll actually show in the brain where the changes happen. And the brain changes in two different ways. It changes in a normalization way and a reorganization way. So think of like a Rubik's cube. And you're changing the sides to try to get everything lined up and look pretty. That's what we're trying to do with the brain. But at times, there's reorganization. So one side might look all green and great, and the other side still might be jumbled mess. So that's reorganization in the brain that's happening. And then the normalization is that green. So the more like green we see on the brain map or normalization, the more it's working. That means the brain's taking it in and it's becoming actually, I don't like to say permanent because things can happen, but long-term changes in the brain. It's actually settling in as normalized neuroplastic changes in the brain. Lots of people have heard that word neuroplasticity, like new positive long-term changes in the brain. And so, yeah. So after the 40, if symptoms have decreased from 10 to two even, and the the QEG has changed 50, 60%, which I've seen, they have like, they could do neurofeedback. There's, you know, peak performance that they could do. There's tune-ups that they could do. Um, We don't like try to resell unless it's necessary. Like, all right, we already knew like you were on meds, you're coming off your meds. It's going to take probably another 40 or 60 sessions, like just so you know, but we say that at the very beginning. Um, but if we see great results at 30, 40 sessions, we do tell them like, Hey, 
check back in with us in three months or six months or even a year. Let us know how you're doing. We might check in on them, you know, using our text or email. And if they're doing great, like I have one lady, she's 67 years old. She's a CPA. She originally came in because she couldn't focus, having a hard time at work. She did the initial 40 sessions and had great results. Well, she decided on her own, I'm going to come see you every six months. And I was like, sure, come every six months, just do a tune-up. And so she does that. And now she's kind of like stressed right now, getting close to retirement, kind of freaking out a little bit. She's like, I think I need to come every three months. Okay. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like if you know your body, like that's, yeah, sounds like it. That's yeah. That's the cool thing about neurofeedback. It teaches you to recognize, like, as you learn how to do the neurofeedback, you're, you do start to logically and cognitively start to realize how you're feeling. Like kids will be like, oh, I feel like I'm not focused or, or an adult at work might be like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling not focused. I, I could get back in it. Like they'll find themselves wandering to a brain activity and then catch themselves and fix it after neurofeedback. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I right before we came on to uh to start this wonderful conversation, I was telling Julie, oh, I have such bad insomnia, which I always have. But listening to this, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sold with at least trying <laughs> to signing up. I mean, I yeah, exactly. Sign me yeah. up. I just yeah. um feel like it sounds like such a wonderful, you know, non-invasive opportunity. Yeah, it really is. It's worth a try for everyone. I insomnia and depression are the two that I love working with the most because the results seem to be um, even small results are huge for people like insomnia. Let's say you don't sleep more than four hours a night and then you wake up and it's hard to go back to sleep. And then you do some neurofeedback in like a few sessions in. you're like, Oh my gosh, I slept six hours without waking up. Like that's huge. And do you realize like sleep is one of the most important things for our brain besides our nutrition, if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. Absolutely. And Dr. Eamon talks about this a lot. Like some big issues, people will come in like, I can't focus. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. And we find out that either they have a sleep issue or mm-hmm. a brain injury. And sometimes it's both. And if those two things have happened, the mental health crisis increases. Like it's, it's an extreme. Like people cannot, like if you don't sleep, you're foggy, you're aggravated you are you're crabby crabby you can get depressed like you're not focused so people are like oh i can't focus i have adhd no you you're not sleeping your brain's not healing if your brain's not going into the proper sleep patterns because your brain activity is so high the reason most people can't sleep is because their brain doesn't shut off that's anxiety usually mm-hmm. right like you you just can't and it could be for many reasons it could be from trauma it could be I got to figure out what I got to do the next day. You know, us moms do that a lot. And then we create this pattern in our brain Mm -hmm. that causes our brain to get stuck in this over aroused state is what we call it. So we need to teach the brain that when it's time to go to sleep, you go into what's called Delta waves. And if you want to try this, actually, I just posted about this on my Facebook and it's not neurofeedback, but it's something I even use. And I tell my neurofeedback clients to use if you go on YouTube or some kind of sound um, provider, look up Delta wave sounds and play that when you're trying to go to sleep. And it's um, writing it down, write it down. (laughs) It's called Delta wave. The reason I'm saying Delta wave is Delta wave is your sleep wave pattern. 
and it helps you go into deep sleep. And when you go into deep sleep, deep sleep is when you're not dreaming. It's like when you're asleep, asleep, like hard asleep. If you don't go into that enough, your brain is not healing, both physically, mentally, emotionally. When you do get into that pattern, all the good hormones come in and they clean out the toxins from the day and they refresh and restore your brain. So if you have insomnia, most likely you're never getting into deep sleep or you're getting in very little deep sleep. So, and it could, it could mess up your hormones. It can, it could create high cortisol, which is stress and weight loss issues, all of it. So, you know, and there are some things that like people just have issues, like I said earlier with their metabolic. So it could be the combination of both. So you got to check both, but um, Delta wave. So I posted on my Facebook the other day and people commented the next day that they tried it. And one lady commented and she's like, I have not been able to sleep one night in years. And I put the Delta waves on and she said that she slept all night. I'm excited. Oh, wow. Trying it tonight. Yeah. And again, this might, this is a very slow way to retrain your brain. So I also talk about like, there's a difference between brain work and mind work. And you hear a lot in mental health um, mindset, work your mind, work your mind. Well, if someone has addiction, anxiety, all these things, that's a brain issue. It's not like, you can't just be like, oh, start a gratitude journal and everything's going to get better. I love gratitude journals. Don't get me wrong. But if you don't fix the processor, like I talk about it, like a computer, our brain is our processor. Our mind is the software. So let's say you have an old, old, old computer and you try to download the new, newest software. You might be able to download it, but it's not going to work very well. So if you're working all your mind stuff and you're trying this and you're trying that and you're even yoga or even counseling sometimes, like that's mind work. But we have to work the processor, the brain, and do something that's going to give our brain the feedback. And it's kind of like working out your body and eating healthy. You got to do both. You have to do both. So the listening to Delta waves is a good way to work both your brain and mind. It's going to calm your mind and your thoughts, and it'll hopefully pick up in your brain. But I can't say for sure that it's going to create brand new patterns that are long lasting, like the neurofeedback does, but it's a good, like a warm up. It's a good, it's a good cardio for your brain. (laughs) Well, this has been like such great um, information. Uh, really an eye-opening type of therapy. This neurofeedback stuff is really, really interesting. It is. It is. And I, and I will say for families listening, um, I had my son do it probably 10 years ago. And what a difference it made. He's diagnosed with bipolar one and ADHD. What a difference it made in such a small amount of time. Unfortunately, we didn't continue, but, um, due to financial constraints at the time, but looking back now, hearing all this information, I wish we would have. So it's not too late to do more. Of course yeah. not. It's never too yeah. late. Yeah. So, so people listen, hopefully they'll, they'll seek it out. So if people want to find you, Melissa, how do they find you? Um, the best way is go to the website, which is brain train centers, Inc. Kind of long, but brain train centers, Inc.com on there, you'll find some videos explaining and showing the initial assessment, the neurofeedback sessions. And then you'll also find the locations all over the ones that are open and the ones coming. Um, we also have a nonprofit. I didn't mention this, but we do have a nonprofit for veterans and first responders. What's the nonprofit called? called? Healing Our Heroes. And um, 
we started this seven years ago out of San Diego. Um, both me and my original partner in San Diego are from military families, um, a lot of addiction, a lot of mental health disorders, mm-hmm. and the families are affected like crazy. So, yeah. you know, my dad and stepdad are both passed away. They were both veterans. They were both addicted. They had alcohol and drug issues. My partner is married to a a Marine. He's a veteran, but he's now a firefighter. And we actually started it. A big reason was him. And um, he had a PTSD episode and it was actually at my wedding and had to bail him out of jail the morning of my wedding. And we're mm-hmm. like, and they had three little girls at the time under the age of seven. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm about to lose it. I need to do something. I was like, well, I've been wanting to do this nonprofit for a year and a half. Do you want to do it with me? And she's like, yeah. So we, the next month in December, started the nonprofit and the office in San Diego. And wow. so me and her for the first three years, we're like seeing so many veterans for free. And we almost closed down because we didn't like take money. <laughs> <laughs> and I told her we're about to close down, which is not good because then we can't help anyone. So right. we have to have more standards of who we help. Like it's got to be like, they're just on disability, like they can't afford it. You know, they have traumatic brain injury. They have PTSD. Um, If they're working, then we will discount it, but we, we can't give everything for free. So now all of our offices, um, all the owners of all the locations um, donate one a quarter uh, to see a a hero for free. So, and they get the full, they get the full 40 sessions. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. That is so kind and generous of you. Yeah. yeah, your passion for this whole topic and, um, you know, everything you're offering, you can tell you have the most genuine passion underneath it all, yeah. which really is, um, of all people to have on to talk about this, I think we hit the jackpot. So <laughs> Agreed. thank Agreed. you so much. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. Thank you for yeah. sharing all this great information. Thank you. Thanks thank you so, so much. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We welcome your input. To contact us or any of our guests, please email us at behindourdoor@mail.com. That's behindourdoor@mail.com. And please don't forget to like and share our podcast. Um, leave us a rating. Tell us how we're doing. We really want your feedback. It's important to us. We are so thankful that you are here and listening to us. If you or someone you know is in crisis struggling with mental illness, you can call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or the NAMI Helpline at 1-800-950-6264. Until next time, please join us for another conversation behind our door. Thanks for listening.